0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the April 11th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Let's get started with our litigation report. A U.S. District Court judge in New York has granted the National Football League Players Association a permanent injunction against the league, resolving a workers' compensation-related dispute over benefit offsets that has gone on for decades. Teams had argued that they were entitled to a dollar-for-dollar offset of all of the workers' comp awarded to a player against the salary benefits paid by teams to players. The federal court ruled that a paragraph in the NFL collective bargaining agreement provides only for a time offset rather than a dollar-for-dollar offset. Teams are only permitted to collect an offset or reimbursement based on a formula that calculates when players received salary and workers' comp payments at the same time. An attorney who represents the players says the ruling was incredibly important. The issue has gone on to arbitration multiple times. The attorney for the players has been fighting with teams for about seven years and claims he won on every level. He says that the teams attempted to find a way around previous rulings by claiming the rulings only applied to specific players on specific teams involved in past litigation. The federal court basically upheld a previous arbitration decision on the matter with the ruling from a federal judge the players now have an enforceable federal court judgment the players asked the judge to hold the teams in contempt but the court stopped short of doing so at least not at this juncture and now our fraud report a federal grand jury has returned an indictment against a Turlock woman suspected of committing multiple acts of mail and workers' compensation fraud while employed as a postal worker. Karina Beard was arrested on 30 counts of mail fraud and 2 counts of federal workers' compensation fraud. The indictment alleges that between 2006 and 2009, Beard received federal workers' compensation benefits for an on-the-job injury she sustained in 2000 while working for the Postal Service. Because of her claimed injuries, restrictions were placed on her physical activities. The indictment alleges that during this time she performed various physical tasks, such as horseback riding, using the purportedly injured parts of her body. At least once a year, the U.S. Department of Labor Office of Workers' Compensation Programs sends a questionnaire to every claimant who receives total disability benefits. Claimants reporting changes on this questionnaire may experience a reduction or termination of benefits. This case is the product of an investigation by the United States Postal Service Office of Inspector General. If convicted, beard faces a maximum statutory penalty of 20 years in prison and a 250 thousand dollar fine for each count of mail fraud for each count of federal workers compensation fraud the maximum statutory penalty is five years in prison and a 250 thousand dollar fine and in medical news Health Affairs, a peer-reviewed medical journal focusing on health policy, published a new study claiming that medical errors and other adverse events occur in one-third of hospital admissions, as much as ten times more than some previous estimates have indicated. The patient safety study compared three methods for detecting adverse events in hospitalized, hospitalized patients, including the Institute's own global trigger tool. The study drew on comparable samples of patients from three leading hospitals that had undertaken quality and safety improvement efforts. Among the 795 patient records reviewed, voluntary reporting detected only four events of hospital error. However, the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, or AHRQ, indicators detected 35 cases of hospital error. And using the third tool, the Global Trigger Tool, researchers detected 354 events, 10 times more than the AHRQ method. The AHRQ indicators and voluntary reporting thus missed more than 90% of adverse events identified by the Global Trigger Tool. The authors add their findings are conservative because they rely on medical record review, which would not detect as many adverse defense as direct real-time observation would. The researchers say that reliance on voluntary hospital reporting or the AHRQ indicators could lead to seriously flawed perceptions of patient safety in the U.S. They also note that the global trigger tool detected a much higher rate of adverse events for hospitalized patients than previous studies have shown. The Health Affairs Editor-in-Chief says that we still have a great deal of work to do in order to achieve a health care system that is consistently high quality, that is safe, effective, and patient-centered. And in financial news, the California Workers' Compensation Insurance Rating Bureau governing board has decided not to make a mid-year pure premium rate filing, proposing their recommended 40% rate increase this year. Instead, the WCIRB will make an informational filing to provide data on the workers' compensation system that insurance carriers can use as they evaluate their own rates. WCIRB's actuarial committee announced that pure premium rates have not been adjusted since the beginning of 2009, resulting in rate inadequacy of 39.8%. Last year's pure premium rate filing indicated there was 27.7% rate inadequacy, which has now deteriorated by 10 to 12 more points. However, there was much discussion at the governing board meeting about how an approximately 40% pure premium rate recommendation would be received. The WCIRB's pure premium rate filings are sometimes misinterpreted as market rates charged by insurance carriers and employers fear their rates will increase by the amount suggested in the Bureau's filed rate indication. In California's open rating environment, insurers can sell their products at any price they choose. To eliminate market confusion, the WCIRB's governing board decided to make an informational filing that identifies the cost drivers in the workers' comp system and better explains the approximately 40% rate inadequacy. Over one year ago, the National Council on Compensation Insurance defined the state of workers' compensation market as precarious. The uncertainty implied in that outlook was based on the lingering effects of a deep economic recession and concerns caused by significant changes in the regulatory environment. Now, one year later, NCCI finds little reason to change its opinion that the market remains in a precarious position, at least in the near term. Deteriorating underwriting results combined with a record low interest rate environment left the workers' compensation line in an only slightly better than break-even position after investment income is considered. And once again, the calendar year net written premium declined precipitously in 2009 for both private carriers and the state funds. In all, industry net written premium declined 23% over two years things appeared to be only slightly more positive for 2011. During the first half of 2010, employment and payrolls stabilized with some limited increases, especially in the high premium manufacturing sector. And there were preliminary signs that the fall in workers' compensation premium may have slowed by the third quarter of 2010. However, employment and construction, the other high premium sector continued to stagnate. Nonetheless, The period of rapid declines appears to be behind us. Given the state of the market and the broader economy, NCCI sees little reason to change its view that the workers' compensation market continues to be in a precarious position. The line certainly continues to face significant challenges ranging from poor results to growing medical costs. Despite these difficult financial times, the State Compensation Insurance Fund continued to record strong financial results in 2010. They reported approximately $1.1 billion in premium and net income of $171 million, compared to $143 million for the prior year. The fund also strengthened its balance sheet and capital base through solid investment returns. At year end, 99.9% of the investment portfolio was given the highest rating that the National Association of Insurance Commissioners gives to investments. State Fund took modest rate increases in 2010, allowing them to maintain a 75% loss ratio consistent with the prior year. This translated to $850 million of incurred losses in 2010 versus $940 million the prior year. SCIF also lowered underwriting expenses. Despite these results, their lost adjustment expense ratio and its combined ratio are at 46% and 157% respectively. These ratios are well above industry benchmarks and are due in part to a large inventory of open claims dating back from 2001 to 2004. Officials say these ratios will come down over the next few years as the fund brings many of the older claims to resolution, improves business processes, and reduces overall expenses. In late 2010, SCIF announced plans to reduce their real estate footprint, streamline operations, and consolidate into areas of the state where it is more economical to do business. These changes will reduce annual operating costs by nearly $200 million by 2013. The state fund president reported that the fund will emerge from this restructure process stronger, more efficient, and better able to deliver value to its policyholders. And in regulatory news, Governor Jerry Brown appointed two Berkeley residents to vacant DIR positions. Ellen Wittes, a self-employed occupational safety and health and immigration policy consultant, was appointed Chief of the State's Division of Occupational Safety and Health. And Christine Baker, Executive Officer of the State Commission on Health and Safety and Workers' Compensation, was appointed Chief Deputy Director of the Department of Industrial Relations. Before working as Executive Officer of the Commission on Health and Safety and Workers' Compensation, Barker was the acting deputy director at the State Division of Workers' Compensation. The Association of California Insurance Companies president said that the governor has called upon the right candidate to lead the Department of Industrial Relations through the many challenges facing employers and employees today. And in other news, John Duncan, the former director for the DIR, has joined Bickmore Risk Services. Duncan will serve as Senior Vice President of Governmental and Regulatory Affairs for the Sacramento-based company. Bickmore provides consulting and other risk management services to public and private sector clients in more than 30 states nationwide. Duncan will act as a lead consultant in their regulatory consulting group. He will be working nationwide to help employers become more engaged in the workers' compensation regulatory process. He will also provide management and strategic advice to governmental and quasi-governmental agencies and be involved in developing a range of programs for employers. And in other news, another established Hollywood star has joined the growing cast of veteran actors on the new TV comedy pilot, Workers' Comp, which began filming this week. Sopranos David Proval is joining an already stellar cast and crew that includes Morgan Fairchild, Robert Carradine, Charlie Kuntz of NBC's Community, Jay LaRose of Saw 3 and Saw 4, Jennifer Lee Wiggins, and the show's 19-year-old creator and writer and co-star Castile Landon. Workers' Comp is a half-hour comedy about a small workers' compensation insurance company whose employees are as bizarre and insane as the absurd, often fraudulent, on-the-job injury claims the carrier faces. The show centers on five main characters working at the family-owned Pinnacle Workers' Compensation Insurance Company. Inspired by real-life incidents, the show offers viewers an unusual vantage point, giving them insight into the who's scamming who dynamic between insurance companies and claimants. And that's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, your iPad, or iPod. By searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Skarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. And please visit our website again next week for more news.